Ladies and gentlemen, I have just received word of a late-breaking news bulletin. It appears it is time... It is time for the show. Much like Bruce Wayne is Batman, my boy Sam is the swag man with the best guests, not the best dress, but the secrets, he's the best gift. So everybody gather round, it is time for the show. Gather round, everybody, it is time for the show. If you're looking for the football sakes, if you're playing for high stakes, or just in like a home league with your friends and co-workers or something, uh, here it is, the show with Sam Wackman. And are you ready for the show with the swag man? Are you ready for the show with the swag man? Are you ready for the show, 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 for the swag man? You guys already know what this is. It's Steffi. It's Victoria. We got a great show planned for you guys tonight. It is... Uh, am I going to be taking off of the show? Probably, because <laughs> Steffi and Victoria are just going to take over this show. But uh, let's get into it, guys. Steffi, what's going on? Not, not much. Just Friday, finally. Uh, excited to be here with both of you. Uh, Miles Sanders apparently is not dead, to be clear, uh, as uh, Sam has changed his name to. I'm pumped to be back. I don't think Victoria and I have been on a show in like a minute, so I'm very excited. This will be fun. Yeah, this is great. Victoria, what about you? What's going on? Yeah, I haven't been on a show with either of y'all in a hot sec, so hold on. Just wanted yeah. to do that quick. Wait, <laughs> that crack a, those claws. In honor, nice. yes. Is it lemon? It's lemon. It's not of my favorite. Lemon is fine, but um, it'll do for, for right now. You know, we can always yeah, open another one in a couple minutes. So yeah. I'm so good. I'm good. Okay. So before we start, I just want to, you know, everyone needs to know where they can find both of you. So Victoria, where can everyone find you? What do you got? What are you working on? What do you got going on right now? You can find me at milesandersisntdead.com. Mm, nice. Just kidding. <laughs> He's not dead. He's not dead. We will. We will discuss this. He's not dead. Absolutely not. You can find me at FFB underscore Victoria. Um, doing a bunch of stuff for Ball Blast Football. You can catch me every Tuesday night. Streaming live at 9 Eastern on the Ball Blast Dynasty Playbook, a brand new podcast from Club. Ball Blast. Yeah. Awesome. Come hang out with me and John and Jake. Uh, we had our debut episode this week, and that was so fun. And I also am a contributor to Football Guys, doing my working on my rankings for uh, PPR and non-PPR right now. And Steffi, of course, everyone knows you're all over Twitter. But what do you got going on right Twitter. now? I don't know why people see that. Yeah, you can right. find me on your timeline is where you can find me. <laughs> uh, you don't need to know my handle. No, uh, you can find me at Stephanie with three L's. Those are Tom Brady's three L's to be entirely clear what they stand Ooh, for. Um, other <laughs> two of Nick them are from the New York Giants, and one is from Nick Foles, who went to college with me. So uh, thank you. <laughs> like, I appreciate you for that. But yeah, you can find me on your timeline or at Stephanie Smalls. I'm with FTN, um, my show Small Talk. I also had a meeting today, have some very fun stuff coming up in the near future. I'm very excited. So you're not getting rid of me too quick. <laughs> I'm going to be here <laughs> for the long run. <laughs> And you also started hosting with uh, with Nick from Play to Win as well. And that, that, I watched that show last night, and that was awesome. What an awesome show. You know when you, like, go on a show, and it's just, like, the dialogue is there. And I know Victoria and I both, like, we always say it's, like, and Sam, you're one of them, too. But, like, for every Nick, 
there's a creep, right? Like those, that's like how it works here. But like Nick is like one of the most genuine, awesome guys in the space. I know Victoria, I'm pretty sure your first podcast was on his stream, right? Absolutely. Yes. He He gave me my first shot. Yep. He's just such an awesome person. And like, I couldn't have imagined that show go any better last night. I was so happy with how it went. Very natural, very organic, just talked football, some dynasty, all the things everyone loves. So it was very fun, you know. And then, of course, Friday shows with that guy, Dave Kluge, or whoever the hell that Who? is. Who? Yeah, I, I don't know. He just asked me if we could do the show. And I was like, yeah, sure. I, I, I watched that show today with Mike. That was a good show, too. I caught good a little show, bit of yeah. that. But, um, yeah, let's get into it. The draft just ended. You know, we finally had some time to rewind. Uh, I, I'm sure – I know Steffi's been on her fair share of shows, you know, this week breaking down the NFL draft, but uh, we have one more, you know, to break down. This is going to be that that last show to break down. So, you know, let's get right into it. Um, you know, obviously the 49ers, you know, went with Trey Lance at three, but uh, were you guys surprised at that pick? Was, was that a good pick? Steffi, what do you think? I think it was a fantastic pick. I don't think there's a better placement for this guy, right? Like show me a better system than uh, Trey Lance in a 49er system. This is beautiful. Um, Even if we see Jimmy G for a little bit, that's okay because Trey Lance is, um, you know, I think he has the most raw talent out of all these quarterbacks, but he's not quite NFL ready. There's things there that need to get fixed, but they're fixable. So you give him a, a guy like Shanahan, you give him all these weapons, even, you know what? We laugh at Jimmy G. I even, you know, I, I, I joked around about him saying, I'm gonna, whatever he is gonna do to Trey Lance that Brady did to him, which is like, just so stupid. But um, <laughs> like, that's still a good quarterback that you can learn from. He's He's gone to su- a Super Bowl, like, th- this is a good system for this guy to actually learn. And it's only gonna set him up for success. Like. Players like this that aren't quite NFL ready, but have all that raw talent, all the ability in the world, you want them in a perfect scenario like this. This is beautiful. So I love Trey Lance. Like I'm picking him up anywhere I can, uh, even if he doesn't play until, so they say, even if you don't see him till week six, he's going to perform in the future for you uh, phenomenally. Uh, I think he's a fantastic, fantastic quarterback. I'm very excited to see what he does in this league. Victoria? I feel the same. Ever since I saw, of course, the video of Josh Allen endorsing Trey Lance and to ignore the haters. And I said, yeah. okay, Trey, I'm on your side now, right? Yeah. I mean, the 49ers were the best landing spot for a quarterback in general, right? They're a very mm-hmm. well put together team already. Their receivers are fantastic. Kittle's a beast. Their defense is incredible. I mean, there was no better landing spot really for a quarterback here. So I am mm-hmm. hoping to see Lance sooner than later, as yeah. pretty as as pretty as Jimmy G's face is and the scruff, you know, whatever. But I want to see Lance running all over the field and tossing TVs. So Jimmy G Lance. <laughs> Jimmy G Lance. Like they're they 49ers fans everywhere should be rejoicing. Like Absolutely. this is such a perfect fit. And you know what? Oh my God, are we going to get some good football out of this guy for years to come? I'm so very excited about it. And speaking of pretty, while, while we're still on that topic, your favorite person to uh, troll over the last week, Steffi, is Zach Wilson. Do you think he's going to succeed <laughs> in, in, in the Jets organization? So <laughs> I think the Jets should have taken <laughs> the because 
look at the Jets, right? And I, I applaud them. They did a great, like, their draft was phenomenal. They did a very good job. But how do those pieces fit together with a new coach and a new like I, I'm just not seeing the pieces fitting together that well and then you give them a new quarterback and it's like uh I don't know uh all I hear is Sam Darnold 2.0 like that's all I hear um I think you're he's someone that again he's one of the guys where I didn't feel like he was as NFL ready as someone like Justin Fields uh, so I think he would have benefited from you know sitting and uh learn like like he needs to learn a few things. He's a little panicky. I don't like panicky quarterbacks. That stresses me out. He hasn't seen a lot of competition. So he will probably be successful. I think his talent level is uh, definitely, uh, I would say probably, I don't even know. If, I'm not going to even go that far. Uh, he was not very high on my QB rankings, let me tell you. Uh, and I stand by that. I just think that there's a lot of fine tuning that needs to be made. And we see this, you know, this is a tale as old as time where you get a guy like this who has the talent, he's not quite ready, and then you put him into a system and just expect him to do well. And you know what? Playing in New York, other than, and I said it last night, I don't know, Victoria, if you watched it yet, but Buffalo is the good witch. And the New York Giants and the New York Jets are the are the wicked witch of the damn West. Like, that is... <laughs> It is brutal to play in New York. Granted, they play in New Jersey, so the real team is, but Buffalo hey is yo. the <laughs> Let's go. Um, and But, like, it's not easy to play for a New York team. So I think that he will have a definitely success, but we'll see. Like, he's going to struggle, I think, in the beginning a little bit. But he is a phenomenal, you know, I, to me, he's – I'm going to say it, fine. I think he does have more talent than Sam Darnold did coming into the league. Uh, but I think that he will have a harder time because he hasn't faced as hard of competition as some of these other guys have. And and definitely the the, the spot in New York plays a lot into it. Uh, the same thing happened with uh, Wentz in Philadelphia. I just don't think he was ready for the spotlight and the fans and the, the psychoticness of, of it all is, mm -hmm. is a really good word for it. I mean, when you the first time you do anything wrong in a city like that, whether it's New York, Dallas, Philadelphia – the fans, they'll jump right. They'll jump all over you. And uh, you, you can notice I'm leaving this uh, this comment from yeah, I'm Michelle it. up. So, <laughs> But, uh, well, Victoria, what do you think? Is, but I'll still take Daniel Jones over Zach Wilson this year because of the <laughs> fact that I think that system is more secure than the Jets is right now. I'm just I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket on the Jets. I think Wilson's a nice stash. He's just like in redraft, like I would never be taking Wilson. It's too much of a risk for me, especially with all those weapons, all that, you know, there's just a lot going on. You know, I need a little bit more of an easy picture. I need to see where the pieces are going to play out. Um, so I don't fully, you know, I think they had a beautiful draft. They just don't see how it's piecing together yet. And uh, Victoria, what do you think? Uh, your, your new nemesis. Ugh, nemesis. They're not even, no. They're just, he, he doesn't even deserve nemesis yet, huh? They're just down here. They're nothing. We're not, they're not even, they're an afterthought, yeah. right? Uh, I totally agree with Steffi. There's, I mean, brand new coaching staff. There's so many new pieces for them to figure out. Their, their new head coach, Robert Salas, obviously a defensive mind, yet they added all these new pieces on offense. I, I don't see them really, if they are going to come together, it's 100% not this year. Um mm -hmm. Maybe in the next couple, if Wilson takes takes a step, but I keep I kept reading everywhere he had 
um, pretty horrible competition in his 2020 season. And people weren't sure if he was actually excelling or if it was his, his, he was playing horrible defenses. On the other hand, my, my boy, Justin Fields, uh, Peter Schrager said no quarterback drafted in the last 10 years has faced a more difficult defensive schedule than Fields did in 2020. That's my QB one. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. How are you going to overlook a guy? How does a guy like that fall to 12? How does he fall? Like, I, I just don't understand what the Jets saw in Wilson that they love so much more over someone like Justin Fields. I, I'll never understand that. And, like, you know the advantage now that Fields has because, you know, Chicago can pretend that they're not going to start him. I kind of do believe that. <laughs> I think that that is probably what's going to happen just because we uh, know the coaching staff and the front office and everything and the way that they run things over there. But, like, Justin Fields is more NFL ready. Like, I just don't understand how you pass that up. And Justin Fields now is going to get even more of an advantage because he's going to have extra time to fine-tune and he already didn't really necessarily need it. So it's Absolutely. like, I just like don't understand the thought process, but I applaud the Jets and what they did. And I think they are <laughs> actually rebuilding. So kudos because, uh, but also find your own stadium probably. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, and with, with the jet, with the Jets, just firing Adam Gase was a huge step in the right direction for them. You know, it remains to be seen how much he really killed Sam Darnold's like growth and, Thing. I'm of the opinion that Sam Darnold is not good at all. He, you know, he lost all his talent. Adam Gase kind of like sucked it out of him. Like, yeah, uh, Adam you know, Gase what, is the reason why Peyton Manning was like really good. Exactly. So, so that, that's why I'm. That's you know the kind of duality you kind of have to deal with it. Like, how much of Sam Darnold's being terrible was really Adam Gase, and how much of it was just Sam Darnold not being as good as everyone thought he was. And remember, the NFL is not a historically good talent evaluator. They thought Sam Darnold, you know, was the number one guy in the class. And right. it really and wasn't close back then. You're talking is Whoopsie. Zach Wilson. <laughs> Zach Wilson. Like, that's all I hear. It's just like, I don't know. He gives me those vibes. I think he will be more successful because I do think Darnold stepped into a shittier, like, system, right? Like, let's be serious. I think they're actually trying. You saw them, you know, taking no O-line. They are addressing things to make sure that he's prepared to do as well as he can. I just think that, you know, as a Giants fan, just because you get a new coach, it doesn't mean you're winning, getting a winning record, right? So that Absolutely. is my best advice that I can give a team that gets a new coach. Just because you get a new coach, it does not mean you're going to win uh, as uh, nine games, right? Like, that's not how it works. <laughs> and and I, I want to go to the Fields trade because that was obviously the big move of night one. Uh, the Bears moving up to get Fields was kind of something that really and nobody saw. But the fact that it happened with the Giants was really the shocking part because Dave Gettleman just does not trade down. I, I think I think Steph, I think Steph talked it into existence. Like she probably she probably was on the phone with Gettleman like right before, and he was he was telling her he wanted a hog molly, and she's like, "Nah, you have to trade down." So that's what he did, and they traded up and grabbed Fields. So where is Fields going to be? Like the guy in year one? Like he, how long is it really going to take him before the Bears? say okay and Andy it's been enough time you know we're gonna give the kids some time and because I really think Fields is the number one QB like this year right away 
guys, they're going to get to practice, right? Exactly. Like, Training camp. Is gonna, like, do something and they're going to be like, okay, Justin, do what Andy did. And then Justin's going to do it like 200 times better. Yeah. Like, Never mind, but I feel bad for Andy Dong because you remember when he like did his press conference and he was like, I laugh. I'm trying not to laugh because it's so mean, but he's like, <laughs> I decided on the Bears because this was my only chance to stop. <laughs> Another big whoopsie. No, geez. Um, Poor Andy. Poor Andy. <laughs> we know the Bears. They might just start Andy Dong, but let's be serious. Like, it's Justin Fields right now at this time. And Andy Dong has you know what? He had a great career. He's just not a certain quarterback anymore. I feel yeah. that. I am, you know, I'm totally, I'm totally with that because Justin Fields, there's, there's no reason he should have fallen that far. You know, there's a great argument to be made. Uh, you know, Jay, Jay made a good point earlier. Fields was the only other QB that really should have been considered at number one there. It shouldn't have been Wilson. It wasn't going to be Lance because he's too raw. Fields is ready like right now to start. So it wouldn't shock Absolutely. me if he's if he's starting week one, and you know he I would probably put him above Trevor for twenty twenty one if we if we go right there. But um, let's go if, to this. All right, go ahead. No, I was gonna say if we knew he was starting week one, I think I might might put him above Trevor too. But yeah, for twenty twenty one, I mean, you know, the, the the only downside to doing that is that Jacksonville is gonna throw a ton this year. But so. Also- I think that the Chicago, like, if you look at the layout there, I think it's a little more defined. Whereas I think Lawrence is going into a system that's not like, okay, this is exactly how this is going to go down. Like, these are the playmakers. This is the way the defense is going to operate. Like, I just think that the Bears do have a system, you know. Somehow, look what they did last year. I mean, they managed to go as far as they did. So, <laughs> like, they have guys there. It's not like they have some of my favorite guys on defense and uh, on the O-line there, but, like, I just think that it's more defined. And you know what? God bless Allen Robinson. Finally, uh, for the love of God. He's got to be so happy. And I, I said this on the show the <laughs> other night. I, I feel like when Allen Robinson saw that pick come across the screen, he ran outside and hugged the first person he saw as hard as he could. Just because It was knew. like that that Antonio Brown video when he finds out he's off the Raiders. That was it. <laughs> yeah. He just he was <laughs> running around, right? He was running around his backyard, if I remember correctly. <laughs> what a crazy one. But uh, we have to hop to the second trade, and it's the trade that uh, you know will make Steph very upset here. It is the Devonta Smith trade that the Eagles hopped ahead of the Giants to make making a trade with our sworn enemies, the Dallas Cowboys. And sometimes the enemy of their enemy is their friend. So that's what happened here. (laughs) (laughs) I love DeMonta Smith. You you guys know that he was my, my wide receiver one through this entire process. It hasn't changed. It still isn't going to change, but what what do you got? What do you guys think about Devonta Smith? And please try to be a little bit unbiased here. Steph. Well, the Eagles did not draft a quarterback for all these people in my mention saying, oh, Jalen Hurts top five, not after they draft a quarterback. How long did that narrative? Like, yo, you really thought that was happening? The dude played for (sighs) him grow up. (laughs) So, 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 so silly. And, like, I understand NFL franchises have a shorter leash nowadays, but not, like you said, four games short of a leash. So I am so excited they got got Hurts a wide receiver. One, he's immediately – 
the best offensive player on the Eagles. As soon as he was drafted, he is. He's going to be getting probably most of the targets. Him and Goddard will split the the lead in the targets. Uh, and I am so, so, so happy he landed in a, in a friendly landing spot there. I think I think he'll help that offense immensely. And I'm so excited to have him prove everybody wrong with this BMI crap. I'm so over it. I can't wait until he gets on the field and just blows everyone's minds again. So, Absolutely. Steph? I'm I, Listen, I'm happy for him. I think that this is like – I think that her – you know what? It's so funny. I was saying last night too, or maybe two nights ago. I don't even know what night because it, like too many shows. But I, like I think that fantasy, like being in the fantasy community has made me like gain respect for other teams that maybe I didn't have before because I respect mm-hmm. the players so much. Um, I think that, you know what, Smith – Oh my God, I'm going to throw up even saying this. Um, Smith fits into. Let me get record this. <laughs> oh God. Smith fits into the Eagle system better than he would have on the Giants. Oh, oh my God. I said. Does it, it hurt like, you to smile while you yeah, say that? It hurts. But like, I also like, I am so ready for Smith to shut everyone up. And I think that Smith is a great asset for Hurts. And I think it'll only make Hurts excel. There's no reason now, because everyone. You know, the biggest thing that they say about Hertz is his arm, his arm, his arm. Okay, you, you want to know what? He didn't have weapons, bro. Like, watch him in college. It, you want to see his arm? Go watch his college games. Like, he can throw the damn ball. He needs a damn weapon. So now you're giving him a weapon who he knows. Uh, so that's the key there. Uh, so this is great. So it's going to depend on uh, the supporting cast to make sure that that can happen. Um, I don't, the only, my only knock on Hertz is I don't love how, how like, I actually love it because it's badass. Like he's like, I don't care. I'll take any hit ever. So I don't love that from like a a medical school standpoint, like that scares (laughs) me. Um, But I love, I, you know, and I, I, respect the, I can't hate on the Eagles anymore because of foals I have like foals in my blood that I like can't but I think this is a great spot for Smith and I just want him to go out there and prove to everyone first of all he's going to show up 10 pounds heavier we all know this right like everyone knows that like yeah, he's going to eat Chipotle bowl it's going to eat Chipotle bowl weigh at least eight pounds heavier because <sighs> that's what happens when you get to the NFL and there's a nutritionist Making a weight room dollars a damn year to feed him and give him a diet plan. <laughs> um, and and it's quarantine, so th- times are different, and it doesn't matter because uh, you can't uh break something you can't catch, right? You're not catching him, so like, good luck. Uh, unless you're playing the New York Giants, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I think that Devontae Smith, I'm happy for him, I think it was a good placement. Uh, definitely a good placement uh, fantasy wise. He's going to end up getting a hundred. He's going to get a majority of those targets. He will be the most targeted player on that team without a doubt in my damn mind. Yeah. And you guys are going to have no complaint from me again. I was, I've been banging the table for Devonte Smith yeah. to the Eagles since December. You guys both have seen me all over the place with it. So, uh, you know, for me, I think he's going to go in there. He's going to get a hundred plus targets year one. It's not like anyone else is going to catch 100-plus targets there, no matter how few times Hurts throws the ball. And this is going to be more of a balanced offense under Sirianni. But you still need a guy to go out there and be the alpha, you know, uh, play that. a game changer. That's mm-hmm. a game changer, right? Exactly. Like, He's going to play the T.Y. Hunting role. on that for a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, and that's 
all due respect, it's just that you guys have messed that up a little bit. Uh, but <laughs> oh, this is like exactly what both of these players need to succeed. So even if you guys don't do as well as everyone's hoping, these two players are going to do well in fantasy. They're gonna be Absolutely. fantasy stud. They're gonna be fantasy studs. Uh, if you guys need any reinforcement on Jalen Hurts, Victoria is a the biggest hurt, one of the biggest hurt stands that I have seen in a while. You can go check out her articles on it. And then as far as Devontae Smith goes, I mean the guy is was the best receiver in college football last year. He it wasn't close. He won the Heisman. The Heisman. Receiver hasn't won the Heisman in thirty like years, bro. <laughs> 30 I, don't, years. I don't understand the argument. That's like, oh, the high, the Heisman winner. Oh, he's just okay. He's like the and, six best riders. Really, really. What are we doing here? It's like it's not like, and no disrespect to him, but his closest uh, BMI like comp to entering after a combine, or you know, we obviously didn't have that scenario. But like, is Calvin Ridley? Devontae Smith is not Calvin Ridley. He's a different person. He's a Absolutely different, different animal, right? Like, so you don't get to bring BMI into the conversation because of his football IQ, because of his like awareness on the field, because of the player he is. He has such good body control. Like, mm -hmm. and I love like my new thing now that I'm like getting deeper into film is with wide receivers. I decided that my favorite trait is body control. If you can get actually very much touch, like not like just breaking tackles, like I'm talking like you're getting hit and you still score a touchdown, that's sick. Like body control, like you have that much balance and awareness of your body to be able to continue going after you got, just got hit. So I think Devontae Smith is going to do just fine. All these BMI little freaks can just like chill out. And I, I know Steph has been trying to destroy BMI for the past three I months. BMI war. It, it is a true war because the people out there, they just need to be taught. And this this guy, he will end BMI the BMI debate. He, he may end it forever, honestly. If he goes out there and produces at the you know the star level that everyone thinks he will, nobody's gonna question BMI ever again because that, that's just a historical precedent. You know, there hasn't been a guy to succeed like that. And he's going to succeed just because he has the all-star talent. Screw what the analytics say. Who cares what they Schmo. He's exactly. Smith. This is he guy is the slim reaper. Different. Like it's not the same thing. It's just not like it's not your average wide receiver coming into the league and getting drafted <laughs> in the first round. Like <laughs> sorry, reading the comment. <laughs> <laughs> that is the greatest comment that I have seen in a while, Bo. I love that. But uh, let, let's move on here because we could talk about Devontae Smith all night. Uh, I want to go to the last, you know, the last uh, big move or surprising move of the first round. And there's, it's really the Giants drafting Canarius Tony over, you know, a couple other guys that might have made a little more sense for the Giants there. So, you know, obviously I got to go to you first, Steph. What did you think about Canarius Tony? And, you know, let, set, set the record straight. Right. So I, and you know, I, it's so funny. I was just talking about this on the Friday show is, uh, I did delete my reaction video because I got a lot of hate from Giants fans. Not because, like, I was just surprised. It's just not what I was expecting. I mean, imagine being a fan of a team with Gettleman that never trades down. This dude's going to trade down and then take a guy that, like, I didn't, I did not see us, like, him being on our radar. But looking back on it, doing, like, my, you know, due diligence and actually looking into it, I think this is an awesome fit. 
I'm actually very happy now. I think that, you know, this is a type of receiver we don't have on this team. Uh, why did you take Tony? You have Galladay. They're not the same guy. Like, this is a very different type of player. He doesn't need to be the wide receiver one. He needs to be the playmaker. He's explosive. He's very competitive. And he protects the ball. Like, mm -hmm. he's the guy that goes in there and just makes plays. Like, and talk about body control. Like, no one – I don't even know how he makes the plays he does. Like, he's basically on the ground and somehow manages to still get up and score. So, I think that this is – beautiful i think that he can play anywhere he's in the backfield outside special teams like you're talking about a versatile player that you're getting a great guy um and i know everyone wants to argue this pushes shep out no it doesn't it pushes slayton out mark my words mm -hmm. slayton is getting pushed out of the playbook period um and i think that you're going to see tony like do i know that he's going to be great for fantasy this year not necessarily um but could he in the future? Definitely. Like if this is a if this is a system where we just have to see how all these guys like fit here, right? And what it comes down to is you've got all these weapons, and now what you need is to see if Jason Garrett can actually produce with them. So it's going to come down to what plays are getting uh, called. Uh, but this dude's like an absolute nightmare for defense in the slot. Like he, you can't, you can't stop him. So I think he will be uh, an asset to this team. I'm not mad about it. I think if you switch disease and Tony, no one would even spoke. Agree. Agree. Saying that the Giants had an A plus draft. Um, and and if if they seriously like if you swap those two, no one would say one word. Yeah, and I agree on that. And you know, the whole thing with Tony is that. You know, the NFL really likes him. The NFL community really loved him. The mm -hmm. fantasy community disliked him because the guy, could, he broke out late. He really didn't mm -hmm. do anything. He came to Florida as a Wildcat quarterback. And then he got into some legal trouble and was suspended a couple games. Uh, he had the, you know, the assault rifle incident, which I'm sure you read up on. But, you legal. know, after... Legal rifle. Yeah, legal, legal, because he, he thought someone was coming to kill him. Yeah, like, and that's what people forget. Like, if you haven't read that full story, like, I would have bought a gun and had a legal rifle, too. Yeah. Like, it was legitimately, like, kind of scary. Like, so it's very different than what Micah Parsons did. Like, and I want to make that clear because there was that one, I don't know if you guys saw this, where they were trying to, like, say that Micah Parsons' character concerns uh, don't even touch how bad Tony's are. And I think that's very unfair. Yeah. Uh, like oh, Tony did not do anything illegal. Micah Parsons literally read his court records. Like don't bring them into the same debate. But honestly, I just think that Tony, I think this is a good place for him. I think Joe judge knows what he's doing and he wants to sculpt players to fit a mold that they need. And you know what? The theme of this was special teams, special teams, special teams, all the way down to Brightwell. Uh, so I think that uh, he will do well. He's just, maybe he won't be your, I don't think any, to be honest with everyone, Giants are not your team for fantasy this year. Let's Correct. talk about it, right? Yeah. Like, except for Saquon, except Saquon. There's, except for Saquon and even and like, maybe I'm thinking more Rudolph than I am Ingram because of the fact that he's a red zone threat. I think you might see more production out of him even. Um, but, I mean, Galladay is a nice – but everyone else, you have to see how they – we just don't know what's going to happen. Too many weapons, which is shocking, as Giants fans be able to say. But, like, <laughs> they're not a fantasy team right now. Right. Like, uh, Daniel Jones has definitely a high ceiling, but he also – it's a huge risk there for sure. 
but I think that Saquon is the only one you can rely on. Uh, I do think historically all these guys, like they do do better with the wide receiver one and less targets, but I'm not buying into Ingram. You can like. Vic, you got any thoughts here for, you know, kind of <laughs> fantasy wise, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be too much of a threat, but what do you think? I, I don't think so as well, at least in redraft, of course, I'm not probably going near, no offense to many of the Giants receivers here, but I don't understand the hate. I like Tony's tape, and it's I understand they have a pretty well-rounded wide receiver room, but Sterling Shepard's 28, Galladay's 27, going to be 28 in November. Like, these guys, Dante Pettis, what is he going to John Ross? I mean, sure, you can try him out. Any team, every team can try him out for a year. I mean, I don't think he's going to be doing much. It was not a bad idea to draft a wide receiver. If they love him, they love him. I just, for fantasy purposes, uh, I'm with Steph here. Like, they're just not a team you're going to target. They spread the ball out a lot. That would be kind of, I see it being kind of a frustrating um, team to deal with in terms of receivers. Who do I start this week? Unless Galladay kind of comes, obviously he's he's going to be the best receiver on the team and he's fantastic at contested catches, fantastic in the red zone, fine. He'll be the most highly drafted receiver ADP-wise, but I don't know. This might be a guessing game for this upcoming redraft season with the yeah. Giants mm-hmm. receivers. Yeah. All right. Well, there was only one pick I really wanted to talk about more, and that that's the you know the ETN pick to Jacksonville at twenty five, and that that was a little bit surprising. You know, obviously we had Najee go at Pitts to Pittsburgh at twenty four, and that wasn't really that surprising. That that was kind of in the works for a while. You know, regardless of the fact that their O line is worse than uh, you know a, uh, a bunch of kids on the playground forming a line together. Um, it's worse than just Victoria and I lining up. <laughs> <laughs> that that is what that is well like, you know like past, you are best but like you wouldn't <laughs> still gonna get a ton of touches next year but I want to I want to talk about the ETN pick because it pushes a, a pushes a RB one out of fantasy you know consideration for this basically entire year until or unless he gets traded so what do you guys think about ETN where is he you know in your in your rankings your boards that type of thing Victoria oh goodness. I feel like, especially hearing Urban Meyer after being like, oh, we love Tony so much. We were so sad of seeing him go off the board. And then we just kind of, it felt reading that, that he was like, oh, then we just kind of selected ETN, which I don't, I don't think that was the intent of that quote and the way he was interviewed there. However, the quote of him saying ETN's only going to be the third down back and we'll mix him in and Hyde and Robinson are going to be the one-two punch. I don't believe that for one second. I think ETN will take control of this backfield, whether that's leading up to the bye week. Right after the bye week, I expect an explosion that always happens with rookies, right? I expect him to be the lead back at some point. Weird pick, but Myers just trying to maybe keep keep a cohesive offense here with Trevor Lawrence bringing in his teammate, bringing in familiarity. I didn't hate it as much as uh, fantasy Twitter did. I know it muddies the waters and breaks every James Robinson truther's heart, Um, but it is what it is. He was an undrafted free agent. He had a fantastic season, and I don't think he's going to disappear or go away by any means, but it's definitely going to be a one-two punch. The James Robinson's truthers, you were warned. You know, they, they were warned, you know, yeah, you guys took that risk. The guy had no protection. He has no draft capital to protect him. But what about you, Steph? What do you think? 
Okay, so we'll be clear on one thing, like just to start out. Uh, ETN is not a third down back, okay? Do we all hear? Thank you so much for reiterating. Yeah, seriously. He's not a third down back. He is not going to be a third down back. He is going to go into this system and get targets. Uh, So I think what... Uh, their plan was here, and you see this with the young coaches, and I think we saw it across the league, is I think they had their board of their guys that they scouted, uh, and I think they were just crossing names off. So they're not picking they're, – they're drafting uh, for the next five years rather than win tomorrow, and I think that's where that pick came into because they liked ETN. Uh, the guys that they wanted uh, were not there anymore. I think ETN deserved to be around one pick. I think he will be very productive there. Uh, but he's not a third down back. So please don't listen to, to Breyer <laughs> on that. Like he's going to eat up targets. Like that's not, there isn't going to be this weird, creepy, like I don't even know what he was trying to uh, explain. It's just not happening. Like if you wanted a third down back, uh, you take someone else there and you wait until the second, third round, and then you get a third down back. You don't take a third round back at pick 25. <laughs> like, that's just like not how it works, right? Whoever, no one takes a third down back at pick 25. So, <laughs> but I think he's all, I, I think he's a great pickup. I think, I still don't know exactly how things are going to play out there. Uh, I'm staying away from teams like this where I don't see the full picture quite yet, but he's a phenomenal player and uh, it's a, Someone that he's also very well know he knows who it is. Uh, he's just not a third down back, and I can't repeat that enough. Like I think it needs to be very clear. Like this isn't like I'm sorry, James Armisen. Like I I'm sorry, Truthers. I I feel I feel for you, but you took that risk. Like you decided to join that cult. Like that was <laughs> like <laughs> so you made that decision. I just don't. I, I'm sorry. I apologize. Just like he's not third down back. Yeah, I mean, with with Urban Meyer, you you know the unpredictability there is kind of the thing. And considering that he said that if the Giants hadn't taken Tony at 20, he was going to take him at 25. I'm kind of happier with the fact that my my Lavisca Chenault's shares are are safe, and you know that I don't have to worry about know? that. I don't know if – I actually don't know if they're safe. You know, like I'm like a little <laughs> nervous about how the target sharing – this is starting to become one of those teams where it's like how are we spreading targets? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like teams – like it, it makes me uncomfortable. Like I, I – you know, I love – but I just don't – I'm starting to get a little like hesitant. Like how are we going to actually make this work? Uh, is he going to be throwing to what's comfortable? Is it going to be something where we're doing ETN all day? I don't know. Yeah, and I, I – I don't know there, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see because that, that whole offense kind of strikes me as, you know, they don't really know what you're doing. I think you mentioned that earlier in the show that, you know, this is the kind of offense that strikes you as they haven't really figured it all out yet where someone like the bears, they figured it out. They know who their number one guy is. They know who the, you know, who the running backs are that they're going to go and they know who they're going to target. So it just seems like everything's up. Nobody knows whether Chenault's the number one, nobody knows whether Chark's the number one. Hell, it could be Marvin Jones for all we know. So, uh, yeah, I that forgot. is Marvin. That's the thing. That's going to be another wide receiver room that that has value because if you don't know what the heck's going to happen, you know, you pick the guy that you think is going to be the top dog. But I was absolutely. I was just thinking though, off the top of my head, no preseason last year. 
preseason this year, maybe we'll have a better idea, of course. I don't know if they're going to get – obviously, teams don't give everything away in those games, but maybe we get a better idea of, of um, you know, what teams are going to do with seeing a couple right. preseason games. I don't know. We'll see. I, I definitely will be paying close attention to the Jaguars preseason because you, you want to see how Meyer's going to run that offense, what kind of style it's going to be, and really how many wide receivers he's going to be able to get into it because yes. we we'll see – if Marvin Jones is a nice, you know, late round target for our newly, uh, newly degenerate Marvin best ball addict yes. and here. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, let's go, let's go wrap this up a little bit. Who won the draft? Either of you. Mm, I like Chicago, but only because gosh fields that that pick was so unexpected but such a great I mean, obviously their coaching staff is desperate to keep their jobs and this might just save them. Um, they, obviously, they did well in the rest of the draft, too. But I loved what they did. I really did. Mm-hmm. Wow. Steph? It's hard. I feel like a bunch of teams – so it kind of depends. Like, I think the Jets really did have one of the best overall drafts. Like, I think that um, before you try to, like, fit them in, like, they did very well with the picks that they had. Like, it's impressive. So, and it, it kind of sickens me to say it, but I am leaning more towards the Jets. I do like what the Jets did. Like, to me, that's impressive. So, between the Jets and Chicago, I do like what both of those teams did. Uh, I give Chicago probably the upper hand there because of the system they already have uh, built mm-hmm. in. Uh, and I don't know if I'm basing that very much off of, you know, like, is it because Alan Robinson is there maybe? But uh, I think that, yeah, you know, I, I do applaud the Jets. They are impressing me. I'm not going to lie. Like, I didn't expect it to be like this. Mm-hmm. Chargers um, had a nice draft, too. Chargers, too. Yeah. Yes, I was, that's, I was just thinking that. That's what, That was going to be my pick because the Rashawn Slater pick just falling into their laps at 13. Oh. And I know Bo said it earlier. He wanted the, the Cowboys to take Slater. I also was kind of convinced they were going to take Slater. Um, but, you know, he's – and he was your he was your tackle one in this draft. What? I know that. And he was a lot of people's tackle ones. He was very close from me as well. We, we might get into some offensive tackle ratings a little bit later on. But, uh, you know, if, if Steph will deign to share them with us, since I know she loves her O-linemen. I but, know. I'm like, look at me all, like, starting to, like, peek out my rankings. I never liked <laughs> my rankings, and now everyone's calling We got We got to tease them out slowly I but surely. Think- Actually, I like the. I don't think the Bills did as bad as like some people are like trying to be all critical. Like I think they did good. Thank you so much. It just was not sexy or fun. That's all. Nobody wants to talk about. They went defensive and defensive end. If you're good, exactly. It (laughs) felt so. It felt so weird because we're. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh my gosh, we could do anything here. Oh my. I do think the NFC East, like people are not going to call it the NFC least anymore. I applaud all teams. I think across the board, they did very well. Um, I, I, you know, I think maybe Washington might've been my least favorite draft out of all Mm -hmm. of us. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I think otherwise the NFC East showed up and they were like, okay, you guys laugh. That's fine. We're just gonna rob the draft. <laughs> and it, it, it's hard. It was hard for us not to kill that draft with so many picks spread out between all of the teams that we had there. Uh, I was kind of surprised that Washington didn't make any moves for a quarterback at all. 
I, I really thought they were going to go move up, whether it was for one of the QBs that fought, fell. Maybe they just didn't have Mac Jones graded highly. Not that they should have, but. Um, it's better for all of us, though. It is. <laughs> yeah. The one I mean, thing I said was Washington's biggest mistake is not addressing the quarterback in this draft because what's going to happen next year is, okay, great. Like, we're all excited because we have Fitz magic there, and it's great for fantasy, and all of our McLaurin shares look so nice and pretty. Um, <laughs> but uh, what are you going to do when Fitz is like, like, he's not a spring chicken. So, like, Correct. what's the end plan there? Because you guys are going to end up probably, like, winning the NFC East. Mm -hmm. You're going to put yourself in a bad draft position. And then how are you going to get – like, this is your best chance at getting the quarterback. That's such a great point. Oh, my goodness. Like, I don't understand what the plan was there. Like, this was the time to do it. Give up the draft capital. Your team is right there. You literally only needed a quarterback. We could, You guys could have just left the draft, given all your picks up, drafted the guy like Justin Fields and you guys could have made a Super Bowl run but instead mm -hmm. we're like gonna take Fitz and then Fitz hasn't started 16 games since 2015 and we're gonna expect him to play all 16 and then what <laughs> and then when he maybe gets hurt Heineke you guys think he's gonna I was gonna again? say you like, don't believe in Taylor beginner's luck <laughs> forget Jason. Taylor Heineke what about Kyle Allen Oh, we, no. We don't have time for that. I just don't, you know, that's the only move. But, God, you know, what? someone put into the universe that Aaron Rodgers is, like, thinking about Washington, and I swear on God, I'll just, I'm going to be. I, yeah, I, I, I won't be able to live with it. I won't be able to live with it. I swear to God. I'll be a Chargers fan. I'll go with the Chargers. My new threat is to be a Buffalo fan. I threaten it all the time now. I'm like, I will go be a Buffalo fan. I don't care. Girl. You already so it's like are. Loyalties to upstate New York. <laughs> be, be honest with yourself. Dig, dig deep into that heart. You already oh, are, honey. Like, honey. Like I love more than the others. And obviously, Buffalo's one. Chargers. I am. Everyone should watch out for the Chargers, though, because taking Slater, uh, oh. you're giving Herbert like another ten seconds in the pocket. <laughs> like, and he already did. Yes. Oh my God. When that when that pick happened, I was like, Oh, Justin. And what obviously my baby. Like all the skill players that like everyone gets frustrated with, you're gonna be so happy you kept them in Dynasty, I promise. And I, I wanted to pull this, I wanted to pull this up in case in case the Chargers came up on this show. And I saw this earlier on, on Twitter from Reddit. Uh some guy posted posted this and it says that Tampa Bay finished the 2019 season at seven and nine. They drafted an OT at pick 13, drafted a DB in the second round who was named after his father. And then proceeded to win the Super Bowl in their own stadium the following season. The Chargers <laughs> finished seven and nine last year. Draft Rashawn Slater. No. Draft Asante Samuel Jr. And SoFi Stadium hosts the Super Bowl next year. Let's go. Year. This Let's is go. happening. It is happening. I love so, it. Like Trey McKitty. And Trey McKitty <laughs> will win a Super Bowl. Oh. So, Trey, Trey. Trey McKitty is going to be Gronk. <laughs> If it happens, you heard it here first on this show. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that is absolutely crazy. But um, you know, I wanted to I wanted to get, you know, a quick recap of what you thought of the Giants draft, you know, before we move on to the next topic, Steph. Because I, I know you told everything how you thought about Tony, but uh and you and I talked about Aziz the other day a little bit, but uh, you know, let's hear it from your side. 
so if I were to give the Giants like a grade, it's a B plus. That's okay. like like an 89, 87, like B plus. Like I'm not going to give them an A. They don't deserve an A. But I think what this has proven, I think you saw it with these younger coaches and these new coaches, is like you're not drafting for this year. And I think it's very frustrating for fans and they have a hard time like stomaching that. Like you're drafting for the next five years. Like you're drafting guys that you can mold and build into the system and that will play a part. Like everyone laughs. The Giants did win six games. Like we all realize that, right? Like it's not like if for some reason the common like conception is that they won three games. It's not the case. And they didn't <laughs> lose those games by much. It's like six of those games were lost by maybe one to three points. So they were in those games is that there was flaws within that system. Uh, would mm -hmm. I have liked them to take an O-lineman? Yeah, for sure. I just think that they do, you know, they believe in these guys. Great. Solder comes back. Everyone knows I'm a Matt Pert stan. Uh, if he does not start this season, again, I will threaten it one more time. I will be a Buffalo fan. Uh, if if Matt Pert is not on the field, I swear to God, I will be a Buffalo fan. That's it. Um, I think Aziz is going to be one of the steals of the draft. Uh, somehow the Giants have made a name for themselves. You know, we stole McKinney last year. Uh, but they're, they're also one thing that they said with this draft is like, we're looking at maybe one of the best secondaries in the league. If not, like they have okay. the potential there to be the best secondary. I mean, looking at it, they even kept addressing it and they kept doing it. I'm like, Aaron Robinson, like you're still going. Like, was <laughs> it not enough? Like you're you're still going for it. So I'm very pleased. I think that they did uh, a good job. Uh, people do like Ellerson Smith. I haven't gotten a chance to look at his film yet. People love him. You know, they they did a good job. They addressed the things they need to. And I love, obviously, because I went to U of A. And taking an Arizona player is like a dream come true. I already ordered a jersey. Uh, but I think that they're addressing the things they need to. So you have a running back. Uh, that can play special teams, which I think you will see Brightwell on the field. I think he has that aggressiveness that both, uh, you know, Gettleman and Judge like, but they're showing that they want to uh, give longevity to Saquon. And that's mm -hmm. something that we haven't seen in the past. And that's why Saquon has gotten hurt is because you're expecting him to be the only guy you can't be the only guy like that's it like so i think they did a good job addressing uh, addressing the needs that were there and i think you know you look at even uh we joke about uh them taking etn i think the giants also drafted in a very similar way where they had a board uh and if their guy was there their guy was there and that's the person they were taking it's not they weren't drafting for a position uh, you know, something that was open. They were just taking the guy that they felt like they needed at that moment. And the Giants low-key went into this draft, like, okay. Like, we could have went into the, like, the next year without the draft, and I would have been comfortable. So just adding these weapons, I just feel – I just uh, – you know, last year I thought we'd win five games. This year I think we'll win eight. Hopefully it's nine, and I'll be happy, you know? Like, that. you can only ask for progression, uh, you can't expect teams to go and make a Super Bowl run. But I think that the Giants get a lot of hate. Um, and I'm probably one of the most realistic fans that you will ever encounter. Uh, like, you will not encounter a more, like, realistic Giants fan than myself. But, I, like, 
I don't know why we're acting like they couldn't make a playoff run because they very much could. It's going to rely on Jason Garrett, the O-line, and Daniel oh. Jones, period. Uh, if those things can all be a little bit better than next year, then people have, there's going to be a problem. And we have a pretty easy schedule, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see about the Jason Garrett thing. Yeah, that's the main issue. That's the main issue. That's the piece that worries me personally. <laughs> Absolutely, and, and rightfully so. But, but um, Joe Judge did, like, I think we picked up 50 coaches in the offseason. We're prepared to fire him halfway through. Uh, I think it's very obvious, you know, like I will not be surprised if he gets fired by week six, uh, unless he's able to show that he's like actually using his brain. Um, I think <laughs> that he will be fired by week six because they brought in so many guys, uh, you know, they uh, upgraded uh, Freddie Kitchen's uh, position there. And I think they're ready to just make the transition. See a Garrett, Garrett and Colombo were Mara hires. And I, I, you know, I don't think Judge is totally bought into it. Daniel Jones wouldn't even talk to the guy the last time he played. Like, th there's a clip I'll have to send it to you guys. It's so funny. Jason Garrett went to sit down next to Daniel Jones. It's and so funny. And he like goes to show him something, and Daniel literally scoots over and looks the other way. It's, like, <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like by the end of the season, he was so over it. Like that Ravens game, he was just getting killed and playing so well. But Jason Garrett doesn't know how to call a football game. But you get Saquon back. That's what everyone forgets. Saquon Barkley. This is like your average person. Everyone is going to forget that. I swear everyone's oh going to. He, he's, he'll make, he'll open up that offense by himself. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm so excited for that. I'm happy. Uh, I am a I, content fan. That's good. Uh, that is important, you know. And, uh, you know, there, it's been years since the Giants have really had anything to be happy about. So. <laughs> We will, we will see, you know, uh, I'm prepared for us to be at the bottom of the uh, cellar this year. So, you know, That's where I see you guys, <laughs> hey, you know, I am also a very realistic Eagles fan. So I will be content with a nice year of development from Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts. And we will go from there. And hopefully we have three first round picks next year so we can do whatever the hell we want. Mm -hmm. So we have two. Yeah. And two thirds yeah. and two fourths. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun 2022 draft for the NFC. That's the best part, right? Like you blow it. Daniel Jones blows it. It doesn't matter because we can trade up and get the next best guy. Like it just doesn't matter. Yeah, but they put Same happening, though. They put themselves in such a good position. Uh, so, and that, that I like. And I think the Eagles, though, I will applaud the Eagles. I think they're actually rebuilding, which you don't see all the time. Oh, they they're actually trying to rebuild. Yeah, and it, it, it's definitely more of a retool than a rebuild for them. Uh, I don't think they believe in rebuilding. Uh, I know that after the Chip Kelly years back in 2015 and 16, uh, it was going to be a rebuild, and then we drafted Wentz, and then suddenly it turned into a retool, and then we won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, that happened. for the Bills anyways, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, it just doesn't matter. It's really wait, cute well, that, that y'all are. Well, I'm asking for one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm taking over the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will sit back. How do you think the Patriots did? Uh, I think that people that are saying Mac Jones won't see the field this year are insane. Wait, I mean, I they were. That? Oh, yeah. No, I'm seeing it so many places. And just. The, they actually said that? They actually said I that? 
I've seen it so much, and I don't understand it because there were so many games last year that Cam never pulled out Cam Newman. But that's the people people are clamoring that like, oh, Belichick doesn't want to start a rookie. Like he doesn't like rookies. Okay, are we okay? Like, did you watch? Hopefully, you didn't watch Cam Newton last year at all. Like there were games that were just just disgusting. And I say this on basically every podcast I'm on that. He had eight passing touchdowns total, three against the Jets in week 17. Like, there's no there's no way that Cam is going to start the entire season. And I don't like all the hate on the Mac Jones pick. I think he will thrive in that system, unfortunately. I wish I didn't have to say that. But, I mean, they didn't do enough, basically, is what I'm trying to say to, to dethrone. Um, I think Miami's more of the, the threat to the Bills here because their coaching staff, Brian Flores, is, he's, doing it, he's doing all the things right there. Um, and the thing of it is, though, as much as Miami might be a threat, Josh Allen is the Miami Dolphins' father. I say it all the time. He goes in there. He's on another level he throws five touchdowns and seven thousand yards every single time so i just don't see i'm getting away from the pats question but i did like i did like <laughs> no, their I draft about, no but i this is like this we haven't even touched on the dolphins so i like loved it that you went off track <laughs> yeah i i think the pats had a nice draft i just it's not enough i mean it's not enough to beat the bills the the draft exactly the draft was fine the their free agency they spent so much money they got Two two tight ends. What are you doing? Hoarding all the tight ends, taking John Smith away from us. My goodness. But I don't. I don't know. People. I don't know what that's gonna look like. But I think. I still think it'll be probably Bills, Miami, probably the Patriots and the Jets in the AFC East finish. Is my guess. Yeah, I feel that. I, feel I just that. think that we already talked about it. the Jets have so many moving pieces that are gonna be just hard to bring together to be one cohesive unit in, in this first year with the new coaching staff. And that's okay. Like, yeah, no, of course. Again, like it's like for Jets fans, like it's not a big deal. It's no offense. You're, it's just like the coach, like the players need to trust the coach and the coach needs to trust the players. Like there, and mm-hmm. you add a new quarterback. It's not like you're stepping into a system with a quarterback that's already been there. So there's just a lot of pieces that need to go. Yeah. yeah and what are the established pieces is, is the point we're trying to make. Uh, who Mims for two weeks? Like Mims. Oh gosh. People <laughs> with the Mims. Man, that gentleman's wide receiver one. No, Corey Davis is going to be the wide receiver one in the Jets. Everyone, please stop with the Mims. He's talented as heck, but he's not. Corey they Davis is good. From, what, who did they draft? Did they draft Diami Brown? Or no, uh, Elijah Moore. That's yeah, Elijah Moore is going to – that was a fantastic pick. Great and pick. I don't want to be – I don't want to be a hater here, but when, when you know, Steph, you're saying they had a fantastic draft, I thought the same thing. I thought they had a great draft. But I, I think that every year, to be honest, because I have a family member that's a big Jets fan, and we like to we like to make poke fun at each other. And I I find myself saying the last couple of years, yeah, they had a good draft, and then then you see what happens. So I'm just wary on on uh, what they'll do. Okay, well, uh, you know, as much as I love talking about the AFC East. <laughs> I want to I want to get into Steffi's offensive tackle ratings because I've been pressing her on this for a little bit now. But he thinks I'm gonna like say something like crazy. 
<laughs> I do. I do because who who ranks offensive tackles? Come on. There's I'm no one starting my own type of fantasy football with John. Like we are starting a fantasy league. It's going to be called Trenches and it's going to be awesome. It's just going to be O-line, D-line and two flex positions that are like IDP secondary situations. And I signed I signed up for Linda's uh, Kickers and Punters League so uh, the, the other week and, and you know, I, I had zero self-control. So you know I'm going to be in this Trenches in this trenches League with, with the rest of you, even though I have no idea what I'm doing. But let's hear your top five, uh, you know, because I'm sure it's different from mine. But let's hear it. You know what I'm going to do is instead of saying my top five, <laughs> I'm going to talk about how I think that everyone's crazy for getting mad at the Bengals like for that. not drafting. Yes. Like, okay, so let's talk about it. Everyone, yes. let's just seriously, like, take a deep breath. We'll take a deep breath. It's fine. Um, They have one of the most improved O-lines from, <laughs> like, from last season to now, from where we are right now. Like, so do we just – are we pretending Riley like he's Riley Roof is not a person? Uh, you know, Jonah Williams is still, these are all, they've made improvements, period. And, it, you know, you have someone like Chase, Burrow doesn't have to spend as much time in the pocket. See how this works? Like, so you make minimal improvements, you add a guy like, Higgins, like they can do, like they can be great. They can't be great like Chase where he's going to get open the way that he can. So you take away the time that Burrow needs to be in the pocket. Uh, you give Riley Reef, you put him there. Uh, who did they draft? What's his name? Carmen? Uh, yeah, Jackson you Carmen. kick him inside to guard. It's a sustainable O-line. Are they going to be a top 20 O-line? No, but they're not going to be the worst O-line in this league. Uh, the Raiders will. Um, but besides for that, like, <laughs> yeah, not, so. I, I, I don't hate this pick. I actually think it was a smart pick. I think they found a way uh, to fill the holes that are there. But, like, it, get over it. Like, all you're doing is giving Joe Burrow uh, – he doesn't need as much time in the pocket. You're giving him a generational talent that, yes, I you know what? I, I have Higgins. I get it. He's not Chase. So it's very different. And I think that everyone needs to hop off their back. Burrow is going to be okay because they've mm -hmm. improved the O-line enough. And by adding that talent – you're taking away time in the pocket. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think this was a little bit of a, uh, you know, an overblown issue as well. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw the, the meme that floated around of uh, the, yeah. the cartoon Joe Burrow uh, seemingly lying dead on the what ground. The <laughs> yeah. Are you guys kidding? I saw so that. Silly. <laughs> yeah. Are everyone... pretending like Riley Reef and Jonah Williams are like, horrific alignment like they're literally not i would have taken them very like please if you guys like you guys could have had cam fleming like take cam fleming send him anywhere like that they're very good players they still address it later in the draft like mm -hmm. uh carmen has the ability to play guards you kick him inside very easily and you solve all the problems and you at least you know they're not going to be great like i said before but it's going to be better than last year. And then you add a weapon, it's like it's already improved. Yeah, and, and Reef and Jonah can play either side. So I, th I think they'll be fine. I didn't mind the chase pick. It actually made a trade that I made uh, a couple days earlier with T. Higgins. It made it a huge win for me instead of a huge win for the other guys. So, uh, you know, it kind of kills most of T. Higgins' value there. 
at least, you know, in the future it does. But, you know, we'll go from there. But I, I really wanted to talk about uh, the clubhouse session that Victoria hosted uh, a couple days ago, you know, all about women in sports, you know, what, what you guys are doing, what we're doing, and how it can be made better. So why don't you give a little bit of background on that, Victoria, uh, you know, as we're wrapping this up here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we had we had a couple of special guests on our panel, uh, Liz Loza and Brooke Pryor, and of course, Kate and Michelle from Ball Blast Football. And Stefania Bell hopped on. She moved a freaking meeting. She's messaging us like, oh, I'm moving a meeting to listen to this. And we're all like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was awesome. She hopped in and, and answered a question or two. It was just a fantastic panel. It's up on the Ball Blast website. Um, I know you're not, you don't see Clubhouse sessions recorded very often, but none other than Scott Fish decided to be his generous self as always and record it for us. So that's up on the website. And we just had a fantastic discussion. Just, it kind of, it kind of uh, snowballed away from specifically being, hey, I'm a woman in sports and here's what we deal with, just to just being a woman in general, in the workplace you know, in the world in general and just the biases we deal with and how to overcome them in imposter syndrome, which I kind of hit on women. Women don't face imposter syndrome themselves. It's women and men alike. And I've been seeing a lot of that on, on Twitter too, of men tweeting that like, am I worthy of this accolade or, or this writing spot or whatever? And it's, we kind of hit on too, if it was a bad thing because it's a you know it's a motivator sometimes to feel that way or you know Steffi and I have talked about this feeling you know multiple times of like what is happening do we not do we deserve this of course you do you put the work in but you have that feeling of like do I deserve this over somebody else or whatever and that's it can be a driver Liz Loza hit on the fact that that can be a good thing and just a, a driver there so in the end we hit on just like what you've already said, Sam, just what can we be doing to continue to to um, lift women up and things of that nature and just make this not be a a thing, right? And I, I feel like we are doing it. As, as we've come into this community and the industry, mm -hmm. people like Steffi helped me out when I was just starting out and had no freaking clue what was going on. She took me under her wing and her and and Cooter and Linda, those are my those are my girls that I'm in the chat with all the time. Kate and Michelle took me under their wing as the first female writer at Ball Blast. Like, if we ourselves give other women the chance and the platform to to also do this and to say, yeah, sometimes it sucks, and you get a DM or whatever that's just disgusting. And you are we already know we talked about it a million times. Steph already said for every Sam there's 10 other creeps, right? And that's always gonna be the case, but there's also the men that have helped us throughout this as well. So if you mm -hmm. can speak to this af after um, with FTN and stuff, but like we just need to keep giving each other that platform and supporting each other and, and lifting one another up and not enough with the stupid comments about, oh, you're a woman and whatever. All the comments in, in Michelle from Bob Bless feed, like, that stuff's just gotta end, you know. It's ridiculous, but we're we're already doing doing what we can here and just lifting each other up. I think. And I know Seth, you've done so much for you know women, men alike in in this space, helping us out. You've helped me out a ton. I know I've come to you a ton for advice. Uh, you know where to go, what to do, all that stuff. But uh, is there anything that we can do better? You know, 
what else can we do besides, you know, what we've already tried to do? Yeah. And I'm so upset. I still haven't, and I'm going to text you Victoria after this to send me the recording. Cause I haven't, like, I tried to find it and then, you know, time gets, it, I haven't been able to listen to it yet, but I mean, it was great. I heard nothing but fantastic things about it. I think one thing that uh, I always uh, bring up when this kind of conversation uh, is arises, right. Is like, changing your own mindset and being aware of uh, when you're starting to be judgmental or like those thoughts are starting to come into your mind. Like yes. take a step back and be like, why am I thinking this way? Like, what is it because the way I was raised? Because honestly, a lot of the times uh, people, you know, the, how do I word this and, and not come off? the wrong way is like, it's not necessarily always everyone's fault that they act and behave the way that they do, because you were raised a certain way. Like, this is a very different time. Like you were raised to think like, blue is for boys, pink is for girls, football is for boys. Blah, 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 blah. But like, I mean, I wasn't raised that way personally, but I know a lot of people were. So it's like, yes. when you start feeling that way, like, it's about changing your mindset and thinking to yourself, why am I feeling this way right now? Like, is this the way that I should be thinking? Like, so being aware, like self-awareness and the way that you're treating others is huge, right? Like we all make mistakes. I've done it, you know, it's very easy to make a mistake because we're humans. Like, it's just how it works. But being self-aware and being able to be like, uh, know when you need to be like, oh, wait. I'm doing this because, you know, in CCD class 10 years ago, like that was told that this is right. You know what I mean? So it's like just <laughs> realizing why you are acting the way you are, because it's hard sometimes, like as humans, we're so like, we're creatures by habit. Uh, so you have to be ready to change that. And it's not an easy thing. And that's why sometimes like, I try to not get uh, like too intense about it all the time, but also like, you can't be telling girls like stay in the kitchen bro like it's not the 1940s like, knowing like a football doesn't like to understand football they think you know ray g and uh and jordan like yes going back to their episode is like and this is something i always preach is like you don't have to have a penis <laughs> to understand football. Like we, all of our brains, like if we, uh, you cut open a dead person, which I've literally done, uh, you cut them up, all of our nice. brains look exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't matter if you have a penis or not. So it's just like being accepting of other people. And I think Absolutely. that's the biggest thing is like, and also some people, everyone comes from a different background. So you just have to be ready to change your narrative, like, and be okay with like, like accept your own thoughts too. Like, why am I acting like this? Why do I feel that way? Like, is there a, should I be like uh, uh, responding in that way? And it's hard, especially in Twitter, right? Like we're not looking at each other while we tweet. <laughs> we're like, it's just like <laughs> tweeting aimlessly. Like you don't know what people's like facial react, like, so it's just being very self-aware of how you're behaving. Uh, Absolutely. Being accepting to everyone. I do need to draw attention to this comment. Please go buy Bo's hot sauce if you haven't already. <laughs> guys, guys uh. make some great hot sauce. Uh, I bought the bundle and that it is tremendous. But um, let's wrap this up a little bit. I want to thank you both for coming on to do this show. I know we, we, we ran a little bit over, but... Um, I want to thank you both so much for coming on. And why don't you guys plug yourselves one more time? Uh, Victoria, what's all we do? 
Yeah, you can find me at FFB underscore Victoria, doing work for Bob Blast and football guys. And right. Steffi? Yep. Uh, I'm on your timeline. And if I'm Always. not. Always. Then something is terribly wrong. Something is terribly wrong. Add Steffi Smalls with three L's. And, you know, I just do my thing, small talk with FTN, have some cool stuff coming up. And that's it. Change your mindset, okay? Change yes. your mindset. Thank you guys so much.